RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. A lawyer hits out at the police's handling of Asians and detainees as they return to Hong Kong. CHP stops short of declaring a COVID outbreak at a Lam Tin restaurant. And the European Union imposes sanctions over Xinjiang. Beijing retaliates. A lawyer helping relatives of a group of Hong Kongers jailed in Shenzhen over an illegal border crossing has expressed extreme disappointment over the police handling of the return of eight of them today. They were handed over to Hong Kong authorities after completing their sentences across the border. Francis Sit has details. Chow Hang-Tong is a lawyer and a member of the Save 12 Hong Kong Youth's Concern Group. She said the families had been asking for days about the handover arrangement, but the force refused to disclose any information. We are very disappointed in the arrangement of the police. Of course, they have arranged this in advance. They know when and where these eight people will be sent to, but they never, never communicate with the families about the whole arrangement. So the family's members are forced to come here early in the morning and wait all day just for the very, very faint hope of seeing their family, waving to them, shouting to their sons. They have not seen for seven whole months. Ms. Chow said that most of the families had still not heard from their loved ones hours after they returned to the SAR, alleging that at least one of the eight men was being questioned by police without legal representation. She stresses the detainees' right to meet their families and their lawyers. The eight Hong Kongers who were brought back in batches were among the 12 captured by the Guangdong Coast Guard in August last year as they allegedly tried to flee to Taiwan by speedboat. Two minors were handed back to Hong Kong earlier, while two others are still serving their jail sentences across the border after being convicted of organizing the illegal border crossing. Ms. Chow said families of the pair had received a letter from them after they left the Yantian Detention Center in late January to serve in prisons in Guangdong. She said according to mainland prison rules, inmates are supposed to be allowed to make phone calls to the families, and she urged the SAR government to help make arrangements for this to happen. Of the 12 Hong Kongers, one of them, Andy Lee, had been arrested here but not charged under the national security law, while the rest were accused of protest-related offenses. Health authorities have stopped short of declaring a COVID outbreak at a restaurant in Lam Tin despite the infection of a third customer there. Wendy Wong with that story. Health authorities have reported 18 new coronavirus infections, seven of which were locally acquired. Two of the cases could not be traced. The patients are a part-time taxi driver and a clerk who works at a construction site in Cha Ling. More than 100 people who work at the site will be ordered to get tested for COVID-19, while 10 staff members who worked in the same office with the clerk will be put under quarantine. Meanwhile, an 88-year-old man was taken to United Christian Hospital because of a fever and shortness of breath. He's tested preliminary positive for the virus. Health authorities said the elderly man had gone to a Chinese restaurant in Lambton, where two customers came down with the infection recently. He also lives in the same public housing building as one of the infected customers. Here's Dr. Chuan Shukwan of the Centre for Health Protection. We still have not yet uh, confirmed any outbreak concerning the restaurant. Totally, there are three confirmed cases who had reported visiting this restaurant, and two of them had um, contact with each other. About the third case, we are still investigating whether there's any relation between um, him and the other two previous cases. As of the 11 imported cases, nine involved people arriving from the Philippines. 
Court in Beijing said it will now choose a date to announce a verdict in the spying case of Canadian national foreign diplomat Michael Covery. Canadian and other foreign diplomats were today denied access to the trial. Last Friday, a Canadian businessman, Michael Spavor, also went on trial behind closed doors. The Canadian chargé d'affaires in Beijing, Jim Nichols, says the situation is worrying. Despite the international agreement that uh, China has signed under the Vienna Convention that would allow consular officers access to uh, hearings for their citizens, we are being denied that access. Michael Kovrig has been detained for more than two years now, and now we see that uh, the uh, court process itself is uh, not transparent. Uh, We're uh, very troubled by this. Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying hit back at those comments. She said the Canadian side made irresponsible remarks on China's law-based handling of the cases, amounting to gross interference in China's judicial sovereignty. Beijing has said the hearings had to do with national security and the spokeswoman called Canada hypocritical because it too reserves the right to try cases behind involving state secrets behind closed doors. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is just gone past five minutes past eleven. District Court has ruled that six men have a case to answer over allegations that they were part of the white-shirted gang that launched attacks at Yunlong MTR station on July the 21st, 2019. Six men are facing writing charges. Two other defendants in the case have already admitted to writing. The court had earlier seen video footage of the events at the station that night, with a number of victims testifying anonymously. The trial continues tomorrow with one defendant, Ung Wainam, to represent himself and to testify. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has accused medical professionals of putting people off from getting the Sinovac COVID jabs. She says some in the profession are sabotaging her efforts to encourage people to get inoculated. Wendy Wong reports. The chief executive says some medical professionals have been smearing the coronavirus vaccine made by mainland firm Sinovac. I would condemn a very small minority of people who try to sabotage our efforts by going the other way. So they are spreading fake news, misinformation and rumours on the social media and also uh, through other means. Uh, Especially when these people are health professionals, I am extremely disappointed. Because at the end of the day, if Hong Kong has a major outbreak again, the people who suffer will be our healthcare professionals, especially those working in the hospital authority facilities. Mrs Lam was speaking to the media after getting her second dose of the Sinovac jab. She received her first dose a month ago after deciding that she and her officials should be the first in the territory to be inoculated against COVID. Mrs Lam waved a V-sign to reporters while brandishing a certificate proving she is now fully vaccinated against the virus. She said she did not feel any discomfort but had cleared her diary for the afternoon being as experts warn that vaccine side effects can be stronger with the second dose. I will monitor my own condition. I don't need to take a day off, so I will continue working in my office, she said. Mrs Lam said around 350,000 people in Hong Kong have received the first doses of coronavirus vaccine so far, representing 5.3% of the city's population aged over 16. She said this vaccination rate isn't bad, but it could be better, and the government will continue to encourage people to get vaccinated. People who received their first dose of the Sinovac vaccine a month ago will begin getting their second booster dose from this week. But medical experts are advising anyone who had a strong allergic reaction to hold off for now. That story from Joanne Wong. 
Professor David Hoy, who's a member of the government's COVID-19 vaccine advisory panel, says people who developed swollen lips, hives, or had difficulty breathing after they got their first dose should consult an allergy specialist. Professor Hoy, who's a respiratory medicine expert at Chinese University, also says people may have to look into switching to another vaccine. The advice was echoed by the president of the Society of Hospital Pharmacists, William Choi. He also says people who developed a fever before their vaccine appointment or saw their chronic illness worsen should wait. And Mr. Choi warns people to be ready for stronger side effects after they receive their second dose of the vaccine. About 1 in 10 of people more than 56 years old could develop a fever after the second dose of the BioNTech jab, he says. And he notes that around half of people will feel fatigued after getting their second dose of the vaccine. A man has been sentenced to 45 months in prison after pleading guilty to rioting in Wong Tai Sin in 2019 at the height of the anti-government protests. Jimmy Choi reports. The district court heard that the defendant, Lee Chak Lam, who's a packaging designer in his 30s, threw objects such as helmets and tear gas canisters towards the police cordon on Long Chan Road on August 5, 2019. In sentencing, Judge Stanley Chan said Lee was arrested at the scene and the evidence against him was solid. The judge said the defendant's actions had been premeditated as he had worn a mask, a helmet and gloves at the time of the offence. He said while there was no evidence to suggest that Lee had planned or incited others to join the riot, he had, to a certain extent, adopted a leadership role as he was on the front line, facing off against the police. But the judge said he believed Lee was remorseful. The starting point of the sentence was five and a half years. After considering Lee's guilty plea and clean criminal record, the judge handed down a jail term of three years and nine months. The European Union has imposed sanctions on four Chinese officials and a construction company for alleged human rights abuses against the mainly Muslim Uyghur community in Xinjiang. They are the first such punitive measures on Beijing since 1989. Natalie Ching reports. The EU's official journals that travel bans and asset freezes were imposed on Chen Mingguo, director of the Xinjiang Public Security Bureau, as well as on senior Chinese officials Wang Mingshan and Wang Junzheng. The former head of China's Xinjiang region, Zhu Hailun, was also targeted. The EU also said Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps Public Security Bureau was also targeted with sanctions. In response, Beijing said it would sanction 10 European individuals, including the German politician Reinhard Butikofer, and four entities. Taiwanese Air Force pilot has been killed and another is missing after what's suspected to be a mid-air collision between two fighter jets off the island's southern coast. Damon Pang reports. Authorities in Taiwan say the two F-5E fighters disappeared from radar and crashed into the sea during a training mission. They were among four F-5Es that had taken off for the routine operation. Helicopters and Coast Guard ships launched a search after two aircraft went down. Authorities found a seat with parachute attached on a local highway. This is the third deadly incident in the past half year involving the Taiwanese Air Force. Reports out of the island say authorities have now grounded the F-5 fleet that operates from the Qihang base, where the aircraft are based. Taiwan has kicked off its coronavirus inoculation drive with Premier Su Tseng, Chang and Health Minister Chen Shi-chong getting the AstraZeneca jabs in a hospital in Taipei today. About 60,000 people are in line to get the first vaccinations and health workers have been given priority. 
Taiwan has procured a total of 20 million doses, half of them from AstraZeneca. The first batch of 117,000 arrived on the island earlier this month. And AstraZeneca has released results of trials in the United States of its COVID vaccine, paving the way for its approval there. They showed the Oxford, Oxford AstraZeneca jab was 80% effective at stopping symptomatic coronavirus and 100% effective at preventing serious illness. More on that from the BBC's Fergus Walsh. The volunteers received either two doses of the vaccine four weeks apart or dummy saline injections. Around 20% of participants were over 65 and the vaccine provided as much protection to them as to younger age groups. There were no safety issues regarding blood clots. The data on the elderly may prove useful in the EU. Several countries initially wouldn't authorise the use of the vaccine in older adults, citing lack of evidence. About 18,000 people have been moved from their homes across New South Wales in Australia as heavy rains continue to batter the east coast of the country, causing severe flooding. Torrential downpours have caused rivers and dams to overflow around Sydney, and it's forecast that the rains will last for several more days. New South Wales State Premier Gladys Berejiklian said her thoughts were with those affected. Some communities who were battered by the bushfires are now being battered by the floods um, and deep drought prior to that. And I don't know any time in our state's history when we've had these extreme weather conditions in such quick succession in the middle of a pandemic. So for many people, um, they will feel like it's breaking point. But please know we're thinking of you. Police officers have been attacked with two suffering broken bones during violent protests in the English city of Bristol. Thousands of people had gathered in the city centre to oppose the government's police and crime bill, which would give police greater powers to restrict demonstrations. Then hundreds laid siege to a police station, smashing windows and setting fire to vehicles. Police in Bristol say it's the worst violence in the city the city has seen in many years, and Mayor Marvin Rees condemned the rioters. This is a real sh- a moment of shame. It's self-gratification indulgent. They want to smash the system, whatever they want to do, but it's doing nothing for people from our communities. And actually, far from working against the bill, what will happen is today's actions will be used as evidence by those supporting the bill to show the need for the bill. So actually, they've made us less safe. Turkish lira plunged today after the sacking of the country's hawkish central bank head over the weekend by President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. That's raising fears of capital controls to stop the bleeding, which could turn off foreign investment. Ayla Jean Yakli is a journalist covering Turkey for the Financial Times. It makes it less attractive for foreign investors because they don't see consistency and predictability in policy. And investors are saying that as long as Erdogan is sort of looming in the background, it becomes difficult for the central bank to pursue any kind of autonomy in its decision making. And of our top story tonight, a lawyer heads out at the police's handling of eight Shenzhen detainees as they return to Hong Kong. That's the news from RTHK. The Education Bureau provides a non-means-tested annual subsidy for eligible students to pursue full-time locally accredited self-financing undergraduate programs in Hong Kong, offered by eligible institutions. In the 2021-22 academic year, the subsidy amount will be up to 33,100 Hong Kong dollars. For details, please search online for NMTSS and visit the designated website. Radio 3, live on the web, rthk.org.hk.
started for the second hour of the late show for this monday the 22nd of march 2021 that was the australian weapon of mass destruction olivia neutron bomb John Magic here on RTHK Radios 3 and 4. Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray, the world's most durable DJs, staying safe during this current COVID-19 